So welcome to Advisory Board Insights. I'm here with Patrick Lilwell, who's a certified chair. Welcome, Patrick. Good morning, Louise. How are you? Good, thank you. Really looking forward to having the chat today um, and um, about corporatised advisory boards, uh, which is an exciting space. But before we do, Patrick, would you like to share a bit about your story? Okay, thanks, Louise. Um, look, I think over my career, I've predominantly been a change agent, either internal or external to organisations, uh, predominantly in the uh, corporate and enterprise end of the spectrum. And uh, that's covered very much a lot of the commercial and uh, in, the, in the last uh, eight or so years, particularly in the, the not-for-profit space as well, which I've, I found personally very rewarding. And uh, so I've, I've had a career that spanned military, uh, commercial, consulting, um, operational roles, then uh, the chapter of CIO roles over about 10 years, doing mostly uh, large-scale transformation work. And then a couple of years ago, I've uh, stepped in my own exec as a service practice, uh, where I'm really working in what I find uh, that balance between uh, practicing um, development and advisory. And uh, what, what particularly appealed to me when I came across the work that uh, particularly you and the team were doing there in the advisory board space, it really resonated because I wanted to um, understand that there's as much insight that can be gained from working with the small to medium uh, business sector and there's a lot of uh, insights and practice that can be taken from there that can be applied to the enterprise end of the town and vice versa. And so the advisory board model, uh, I think, um, has allowed me to uh, continue to achieve that, that balance. Um, but I do enjoy moving upstream, which is about the strategy and planning rather than the downstream or the execution and then the, the detail. It's quite interesting that you've worked in both the uh, advisory boards for businesses as well as corporatised advisory boards, which is... Yes really an emerging space and, and you've been working in, in corporatised advisory boards now for a while. Um, so do you want to just share a bit about um, how that, that's worked, uh, Patrick? Certainly. Um, about 18 months ago, I uh, started engaging into uh, a, a client space where I was asked to uh, take on defining and leading a transformation program for what's a, quite a complex business. Um, and and it's also a, a sector that's under significant change and it's got lots of challenges. Um, there's the balancing the, the mission of the delivery versus how to manage the margin and, and to bring that commercial practice into play. And so with uh, ensuring that there was a really interesting dynamic to ensure that we balanced the, the confidence of the board with what was happening at the executive level and then across the organisation. So. Defining a leading transformation, that space was, was a, um, an interesting space to navigate. And it's one where um, a lot of the other, as I said, confidence is needed to be taken into consideration. And what I, I recognised pretty quickly was that I felt that to ensure that the principles of transparency, flexibility, and being able to really tap into expertise to navigate um, that space, the advisory board model would have been an ideal way to um, complement the board governance and the executive governance that we had going at the same time. And so by establishing the uh, an, advisor, an advisor board where predominantly as executive, um, both myself and the CEO still chaired the advisory board sessions and we led them through, the, the model of having those external advisors to be able to come in, to be able to challenge and to bring insight and to really 
what I saw as a way of just really testing for those blind spots and bias points. Um, so it's really been a good model to help set that up. And over the last uh, 14 months, we've really worked through that. And, and it's been great because we've been able to have um, some really good independent advisors who could give perspective to us on how to work through the discernment of coming up with um, basically um, seeking some significant investment from a company that really needs to be quite prudent in where it spends its funds and, and how it navigates through the balance of strategy as well as operational impact. So Patrick, it's interesting where an advisory board is a problem solving model and your road testing ideas and the governance board being a decision making model. How did you navigate the development of where it sits within the whole decision making framework? We, we put in place a, a regular rhythm of governance around defining, first of all, the way we were working through the strategy work. And that was very much a, um, a role for the executive um, to work with the board and testing that balance of the strategy, the direction and the priorities. Uh, the complexity of then that strategy to action phase of how do we then, what we saw as the key capabilities and the solutions that were available in the market, that's where we really felt there was more risk in um, again, the biases and as also how to navigate that the implementation of that work, particularly around change management. And so what we decided to do was to set up an advisory board that we knew over the, the journey of the transformation period, there was going to be at different stages of that journey, different um, challenges and stages that we would need to grapple with. So we ensured that we used focusing questions that really helped us to find what are the things that we need to test and we um, tried to predict as much as we could and then we went and sought advisory board members who would meet on a, on a monthly basis as a regular rhythm to help us address those because the advisors still need to get context and background so it takes a few sessions for them to get the context to be able to then offer more insight and discernment themselves around how they what they challenge and where they go, that makes sense. So, so what's been the impact of, of the advisory board structure? How's it, how's it supported the board and the executive? Um, really well. Um, in the early phases of the advisory board, the, it was predominantly the CEO and myself um, meeting with the advisors. And it became really clear that the rest of the executive would also benefit uh, by having both input and also exposure to that conversation. So it, the value of that conversation, because I think in the beginning there was a little bit of caution around, well, is this just going to be another series of conversations? Whereas what became really clear was that the, the value in the conversations was a good way for an executive to come together and galvanise their thinking around, particularly the change management, uh, because ultimately if you don't navigate that and we've got an organisation that spans really three sectors uh, within the human services space and by doing that it's how we navigate that and so we found that the advisors were able to really give us uh, some good uh, perspective on that and we had to make some pretty challenging decisions along the way and they helped us as an executive 
really think about that decision process. So the value kept on growing. And uh, um, that was really powerful for us to work through some of those decisions. Fantastic. Um, so tips, uh, what tips would you have for corporate organisations contemplating an advisory board structure, whether it's right for them or not? Um, I think the key tips I would certainly suggest is ensure that you have, you define the, um, the purpose of the advisory board around some key principles and the transparency uh, and flexibility um, and diversity uh, were really key ones for us because we didn't want more people who just thought the same as us. What's the value in that? Uh, we wanted people who could really challenge. Um, and I think the working through the sessions uh, is really key that the executive itself does some good preparation to think about what's the focusing questions that we need some input to and we need to test our thinking on, uh, particularly where we're also trying to make sure that the board also came up with a level of confidence based on what we achieved. Because if ultimately the, the board needed to make a lot of these key decisions, so we wanted them to say, it's not just ourselves, but we've also got an advisory board membership um, that also provides that independence of thought. Um, another tip is uh, getting the board involved in nominations for that are, those advisory board members so that if they want to have um, someone on there that they felt um, could also bring some perspective, it helps not only to say that um, the executive is providing some decisions, but they also know there's an independent member that they also trust so it's a second check of independence and trust. Um, and I think the final tip really is um, ensure that you're prepared to embrace the external challenges uh, that come along so that if an advisor board member really starts to dig into a space and uh, provide feedback, take it on board, reflect and understand that. Because I think sometimes as an executive, you can get very, um, there's the potential for that groupthink and that galvanized um, oh, we've, we've got this, don't you worry, and we'll drive ahead. But I, I was really pleased that our executive embraced that and we've, we've got a lot of value out of the process. That's great because it is, it is a cultural shift in uh, the way meetings occur. Governance boards is all about getting consensus, whereas uh, consensus could be a killer of innovation in an advisory board setting. So mm -hmm. it's quite a different way that conversations happen. Um, any tips for advisors sitting on corporatized advisory boards? Um, I think the similar to the tips that have been provided through some of the other interviews that you've been conducting in this space, it's bringing on advisors who are prepared to put an opinion forward. Um, it should be for the purpose that they don't want just yes people coming along. So having someone who's prepared to um, understand the dynamics of where they're at and just as um, small business operators will be in a space where they have to take things personally where um, because it's their business. The executive also are committed in their um, journey to take an organisation through change. And so there's always a lot of complexity that comes with that. So I think the, the advisors still need to make sure they take time to recognise that what's behind the behaviours and where there's resistance within the executive, but at the same time still not shy away from respectfully putting some thoughts forward about what they see and there may be the time when they're no longer the right person on that and be willing to put your hand up and say i think uh, you know i think my my value propositions 
are now diminishing, um, there may be others who could add more value. And, and I think it's that willingness to be upfront um, makes both a good advisor and for a good advisory board. Terrific. Patrick, thank you so much for sharing uh, this story and I look forward to hearing more about the ongoing success of this corporatised advisory board. Thanks, Louise, and thanks for what you're doing at the time. <laughs> thank you. Bye for now. Goodbye.